Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Revelation chapter number 13, Revelation chapter number 13 this morning. It's been a while since we were in this book. We took off for uh, Christmas, and so it's almost been about a month, I guess, about four Sundays ago that we were here. Uh, we took off for Friend Day, and then our Christmas and the New Year's uh, last, uh, last Sunday, and so we're back in this book. We're going to be studying it for several more weeks to get through this book. We're going to continue and then finish uh Finish the book. It's getting it's getting exciting as we get right into the middle of this this book. We find ourselves just as a, a reminder, since it's been several weeks since we were here. We find ourselves now in the in the tribulation. the The Bible tells us this that uh, uh, John is is giving us a a vision of what he sees here in the book of Revelation. Jesus Christ has come for his bride. He is, the church is raptured into heaven. And uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 tells us of this, the, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then those who are alive and remain shall be caught up in the clouds. It's the, the rapture of the church. As the church is in heaven, and uh, those that have trusted Christ as your Savior, there's a seven-year period that's going to happen here upon this earth. And the book of Daniel speaks about this, and the book of Revelation, and the two tie together. Uh, if you uh, really want to get in an in-depth study, uh, we're not looking at every, every single event or every uh, thing here in the book of Revelation. What we're looking at is the unveiling of Christ, who Christ is. And uh, so a little bit different of an approach, but you can do an even greater in-depth study of the book of Revelation, and I encourage you to do that. Here we, we are in the place where we, the Antichrist has been revealed in chapter 13. The beginning of this chapter, we, we ended in verse number 10, and so we're going to look at the second half of chapter number 13 today. But the first half, again as a reminder, the Antichrist or the beast, uh, the man of sin, He's coming up out of the sea. This is the, the first part of this chapter, and that's, that's the Antichrist. There's a, several different names. It's, it's the, uh, the man of sin. Uh, and, and, and as he's coming up out of the sea, it's the nations. That word sea here in the book of Revelation, many believe that the, it is referring to the nations. This, this man is not going to literally come up out of the waters, but come from the nations. And, and uh, as John is there writing, the sea, the Mediterranean Sea, it's the revised Roman Empire that uh, this, this man is going to come and, and is going to oversee. And there's going to be a one-world Government, And we're going to start to look into some of that, the beginning of what that looks like here in the second half of this chapter. And so let's begin reading in verse number 11. And I beheld in another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. So who is this, this second beast here that he speaks of? The first beast that we know is, is the Antichrist. The second beast is one that's coming up out of the earth. And uh, as we see out of the earth, many believe it's the, the nation of Israel. That's coming up from Israel. There's going to be one that is going to be this, this, this uh, uh, man. 
and he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him. And he causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. <clears throat> and he doth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that, that dwell on the earth by the, by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast, which hath wounded by the sword and did live. And here we, we find again that we, we learned this last time, that the Antichrist is going to be wounded. And it's going to be thought that he's dead, but he's going to come back. One of the, one of the things that's going to catapult the Antichrist into power here is the fact that, that he is going to claim that he rose from the dead. And, and remember, and we're going to see it in this portion of the chapter as well, Satan tries to counterfeit everything that God does. Because Satan wants to be God. He wants all the authority, he wants all the power, he wants all the worship that belongs to God. And so Satan counterfeits what God does. Here, Jesus Christ, we know, we know what the gospel tells us, that Jesus Christ was, was killed and he, his, his life was taken from him there on the cross and, and he was placed in that grave and he rose again. Jesus Christ was dead. He was not asleep. It was not uh, 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 an, just an injury that he had. He, he died and three days later, the Bible tells us he rose again. So what does Satan attempt to do? He is attempting to cause the anti-Christ or the, the one that's against Christ for the, those that believe that he is the Messiah, that he is, he is the, the Christ, the Messiah that has come to deliver the earth from all of their problems, deliver the earth from, from all of the, the, the uh, wars that are happening. He is the anti-Christ. And so he's going to try to counterfeit what Christ has done. And so we find that this one, the second beast, is, is the one that's supporting this. He's the one that's, that's showing this. He's the one that's pointing people and uh, uh, helping people to see that this Antichrist, believe that this Antichrist is the true Messiah. He had the power to give, verse 15, the power to give life unto the image of the beast, and the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he had the, the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. And his number is six hundred three score in six, or six, six, six. This is the mark of the beast. So the Antichrist, the beast, he's coming up from the sea. We find him in the first part of this chapter. Satan is going to fill this man called the Antichrist. And Satan here, there's so there's there's three things here that I want you to see. As I said, Satan is trying to counterfeit everything that God does. Here, Satan, we're going to see, Satan's going to try to counterfeit the Trinity. We, we know the true God is, is three in one, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Satan is going to counterfeit that here in this chapter, we find, where Satan is a counterfeit 
trying to counterfeit God. The Antichrist is the counterfeit Christ. And this second beast is the counterfeit Holy Spirit. I want you to go to Revelation 16, 13, because here we find all of these mentioned in the same uh, uh, scripture here, Revelation 16, 13. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come up out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. The dragon we know is Satan. The, the, the beast, the, the, the false, or the, the uh, antichrist, and then the third is this, this one, the, the false prophet. Now, we know that uh, the, the, the son does the work of the father. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus says that he's going to leave and he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's responsibility is to point us to Christ. That, that's what we as Christians have in our life. We have the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, each one being God, but each one having a part in, in, in the Godhead. And Jesus Christ is, is pointing men to the Father. The Spirit of God is always glorifying Jesus Christ, pointing us to Jesus Christ. Well, here in this, this uh, substitute or this, this false uh, prophet, he is that one that uh, Satan is using as the, the Holy Spirit. He is pointing people, the false prophet is pointing people to the Antichrist. The Antichrist is pointing people to Satan. And so we find here, it, it's, it, we need to see this to understand just how sinister Satan is. The, this half of the chapter speaks of the false prophet. Oftentimes we hear of the dragon and we understand who that is, Satan. Oftentimes we think of the Antichrist. But today, church, I want you to understand there's another person, another, another being here that is going to be involved in these end times, and he's the false prophet. And what does this false prophet do? He's going to be in charge of the propaganda. He's going to be in charge of, of getting the message of the Antichrist to the world. He's going to deceive. And so today I want us to look at who this false prophet is, what he does. And the first thing I want you to see in verse number 11 and 12 is this. He's the servant to Satan. He is a servant to Satan. He's going to deceive. He's going to lie. He speaks as a dragon. Look what John says about him. I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb. He's disguised as this lamb. He's disguised as gentle. He's going to give a message that's going to cause people to understand, and, and uh, uh, he's going to deceive. He, people are going to believe what he has to say, but, but he speaks as a dragon. Don't, don't let his appearance fool you. Don't let, his, don't let how he comes across fool you. He's going to come across as one that's believable. He's going to come across as one that's gentle. But his words are the words of Satan himself. He's a servant to Satan. This, this false prophet is going to be a master of deception. His whole goal is going to be to lie. We know that Satan is the father of lies. Let, let me just say this to you. If Satan is speaking, if Satan is saying something, you know it is a lie. He's a deceiver. 
And Satan does this even to believers. He tries to get you to doubt. He tries to get you discouraged. He tries to get you to to not believe what the word of God has to say. He tries to get you to doubt God. He can't take your soul once you've been saved, but he can cause a lot of problems in your life. This this man is a representative of, of the Antichrist who is filled with Satan himself. And his goal is to be a master of deception. He seems like a lamb, but he speaks as a lion, John says. He's going to have, he's going to have incredible, he's going to deceive in incredible ways. I want you to go to 2 Thessalonians, if you would, please. 2 Thessalonians, we're going to be in several passages of scripture here today because I want you to to understand what's happening here during this time. 2 Thessalonians chapter number two, in verse number 11, the Bible says this, and for this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. They should believe a lie. Matter of fact, in the Greek, it it says this, in, in, in English here we find a lie, but in the Greek it's the lie. There's going to be a lie that is going to be said that people are going to believe. And I'm not sure what exactly that lie could be. It could be the fact that, that uh, what happened to all the Christians that are gone. Because when the rapture takes place, there's going to be every Christian. This, this room is going to be empty. I hope. Our prayer is. That, that next, if the Lord were to come back this week, that next Sunday, the, uh, the, uh, the sign would still say that we're going to meet and, and uh, uh, someone would want to maybe come in and nobody would be here. Why? Because we're going to be raptured out. And, and, and what is going to have to be told? What's going to have to be told all of these Christians that are gone? Think about that. Well, the, the truth can't be told. Well, Jesus was correct. Look at Jesus. what Jesus said. He was right. Look at the word of God says. It's correct. Jesus came for his bride. And so all those that have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he did what he said he was going to do. Jesus Christ must be the Messiah. I guarantee that is not what's going to be told to the world. There's going to be a great lie that's going to be told. I don't know what that lie is but there's going to be this lie. And as he tells this lie, they're going to believe this lie. Go to Matthew chapter 24, if you would please as well. Matthew chapter 24. In verse number 24. Matthew 24, verse 24, the Bible says this, for there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. This is how deceptive they're going to be. This is how, this is how convincing the false prophet is going to be. It's going to be so convincing, the Bible says that if possible, he would even deceive the very elect. He's going to say it in such a way that the world is going to believe him. They're going to follow after him. This Antichrist is going to be wounded. He's going to be healed from this wound. He's going to rise up in great power. And there's going to be one, this false prophet, that's going to be pointing people to this Antichrist. And he's going to be convincing the world that this Antichrist is someone who he is not. 
He's going to be convincing the world that this Antichrist can do what he cannot do. And what is the Antichrist going to be doing? He's going to be telling the world that he is the answer to all the world's problems. But that's a counterfeit because Jesus Christ is the answer to all of the world's problems. He's going to tell the world that I'm going to bring peace to all the nations. But that is a counterfeit because only Jesus Christ can bring peace to all of the nations. He's going to say to him that he is the one to be worshipped and they're going to set up an image and, and the, the uh, false, false prophet is going to promote this image and convince people to worship this image. But God says he and he alone is the only one to be worshipped. This false prophet is going to counterfeit everything and convince people in this lie. This false prophet is going to be a master communicator. You know, we live in an age, and one of the interesting things, the, as time gets closer to the return of Christ, some of the things that are, that are spiraling so quickly falling into place that, that, that wasn't in place just a few decades ago. How do we communicate with the entire world? You know, it's interesting, we, we can communicate things that are happening around the world, we get information as it's happening. The, the news media is, is one way to, to get information. And, and some will ask this, well, what news media do you trust? And this is my answer, none of it. None of it. You know why? Because all of it has an ulterior motive. All of it wants you to believe what they want you to believe. This false prophet is going to be the one that's going to be a great communicator, a master communicator, and he is going to control the, the airwaves. He's going to control the media. He is going to be controlling what is out there. As you see more and more as that day's approaching where it seems like, like uh, uh, media becomes a part of the state or a part of the, of the government. Now, we in America, we still see some of that freedom, but there are nations around this world where the media tells its people what the government wants it to hear. I think of places like North Korea. The media tells them what they believe, what they want them to hear, and they actually believe that their dictator is a god. They believe that, that, that their dictator, the, 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 the three uh, that have been there in North Korea, the uh, grandfather, the father, and now the son that's controlling North Korea, they believe that those are uh, gods. Where do they get that from? They're getting that from the media. They're getting it from a false prophet. They're getting it, they're being told a lie. And they're believing that lie. I read an article that in North Korea, if there is a building that's burning down or a, uh, a problem inside of a building, as before you get out, you have to take the pictures of the, the family, the three, out with you. And if you don't, you could be killed. Where do they learn that? From their media. And so as we see what's happening even in our world around us, we can see a one that's going to come, a false prophet that can promote the agenda of the Antichrist just simply over the airwaves. And people will fall right into this. 
People are going to fall for what this man has to say about the Antichrist. They're going to believe what he has to say. He's going to have great skill in speaking. He's going to cause you to believe anything that he tells you about the Antichrist. Now, for those of us that are saved, praise the Lord, we won't be here. We'll be in heaven because this takes place after the rapture of the church. But this is going to be what's happening here upon this earth. Secondly, I want you to see this in verse number 12 of of chapter 13 in the book of Revelation. Verse number 12 tells us this, and he exercised all power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Secondly, I want you to see about this false prophet is this. He's going to demand worship to the beast. So he's going to be the the master communicator. He is going to be the one that's promoting the, the Antichrist. He's going to be a servant to Satan. And secondly, he's going to demand worship to the beast. Satan isn't against religion. Please understand this. Satan is not opposed to religion. What Satan is opposed to is the worship of the Almighty God. That's why so many in this world today, religion has confused so many people, and Satan's okay with that. I want you to go with me to the book of Isaiah, if you would, please. I want you to see something about Satan. The book of Isaiah, chapter 14. In verse number 12, Isaiah 14, 12, the Bible says this, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, Lucifer being Satan, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nation? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend unto heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. This is where Satan got into his problems. Satan wants to be God. Satan is jealous of God. We find here in the book of Isaiah, the, the, uh, uh, the area there in the, the word of God that tells us what exactly happened. And Satan rebelled against God. He wasn't content just being one of the great angels in heaven. He wanted what belonged to God. And from that time, oh, please hear me, from that time, Satan has tried to take anything and everything that belongs to God. God created man in his image to fellowship with God and to worship God. But Satan desires that worship. And from the time that Adam and Eve fell in the garden, Satan has done everything he can to get man to worship him. And you can worship the moon, you can worship the sun, you can worship the, 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 the universe. Just don't worship God. It's Satan's desire. Look with me, if you would, please, in the book of Luke. The book of Luke, Luke chapter number four. Are you with me this morning? I know we're turning to a lot of different scripture, but I want you to see this. Luke chapter number four. And this is what Satan did to Jesus. Jesus begins his earthly ministry. And as Jesus goes into fast and to pray, look what I want you to see what Satan does. In verse number five, Luke chapter four, verse number five, and the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. 
And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it. If thou therefore will worship me, all this shall be thine. This is Satan speaking to Jesus. You see, Satan wants what belongs to God, worship. Satan desires worship. He doesn't care how he gets it. He desires it. We're we're living in a post-Christian America. I, I know some of us can't believe the things that we are seeing and can't believe the things that we're experiencing. But we are living in a post-Christian America. It, it won't be long before I, I don't even believe people will even say that America is a Christian nation. I think some are still saying that, but unfortunately it doesn't behave like a Christian nation. Christianity is not something that is is welcomed in many places. When we say that Jesus Christ is the only way, you're going to be hated. You can believe whatever you want to believe until you believe the truth, and then you will be hated. Oh, listen to me, you can pray to whoever you want to pray. You can pray to any gods, you can pray to the earth, you can pray to the moon, you can pray to any religion you want to pray to, but when you pray to Jesus Christ, you're going to be hated. You can get up and say that there's all kinds of ways to heaven. You can say that you can get there just by simply being a good person, and you will be fine. You can say that you get there by this or by that. But until you say, and if you say there's only one way to heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ, you will be hated. Why is that? Because Satan once worshiped. Evangelical Christians are being labeled as terrorists today. Isn't that amazing? They are being seen as fundamental, fundamentalists that are attacking America. Christians are being seen as fundamentalists that want to destroy America. And, and, and the news media is portraying this. And, and, and many are falling right in the line with what's being told to them. Listen to me, we don't want to destroy America. We want America to repent and turn back to God. We, we don't hate the world. We want the world to hear the truth. I, I, I liked what David Gibbs said when he was here just a few weeks ago. How much do you have to hate a person to not tell them about Jesus Christ? By telling someone that Jesus Christ is the only way is not hateful. By by obeying the word of God is not hateful. If you had a cure to a, to a, a disease and you held it and did not share it, that would be hateful. But if you had a cure to a disease and you shared it, that's love. And that's what the Christian ought to be doing is taking the cure to mankind's disease of death and sharing it that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. But we know this, that Satan hates the truth. And this false prophet is going to do all that he can with the power of Satan to deceive those that are left here upon this earth And we see it coming into play even today. 
Church, this is why we cannot, we cannot fall asleep. Because there's many good people, Christians, that say, well, it just seems hopeless, and so let's just survive and, and uh, uh, just you know, do what we can until it happens. No, we're not supposed to just survive till Jesus comes. We can thrive till Jesus comes. We still can see God work. People are still being saved. This past year, 2023, we, we have seen an unbelievable amount of people trusting Jesus Christ as their Savior. Our baptismal waters were stirred. We have seen people saved. You're not going to convince me that we're living in a day where people aren't going to get saved. We are seeing it. The Bible still says that the fields are widened to harvest, but the laborers are few. And we need to wake up, church. We need to be excited. We need to say, we have the truth. And although we see the end coming, we win because Jesus Christ has already won. But Satan causes us to just believe that this is a, a fight not worth fighting. Satan wants to deceive he wants you to believe that there's many ways to heaven. Maybe there's some here sitting today and you're thinking, well, I, I'm a good person. My parents were good people. I've been to church or I, 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 I've given and, and you know, I've, I've done this and I've done that. And you're sincere about all of those things. But oh, listen to me today. If you are putting your faith in something besides Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone, you're being deceived. And there are people that are even sitting in churches like this today that are being deceived. Because you're putting your faith in religion instead of Jesus Christ. You're putting your faith in, in experience and you're putting your faith in something you've done than a relationship with Christ. We have made, religion has made salvation complicated. But salvation is not complicated. Jesus Christ left heaven's home to redeem mankind because it is the only way. And I've preached this and I've preached this and I've preached this and I, I don't want to go back and re-preach everything I've preached, but, but mankind sinned and God said there's got to be a way to redeem mankind, but man could not pay for his own sin debt because the best that man can be is a sinner. So God himself had to leave heaven, become a man, live a sinless life, go to the cross, shed his blood, rise again from the dead, and all those that put their faith and trust in the gospel, which is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, shall be saved. Not the gospel plus good works, not the gospel plus religion, not a gospel plus anything. It's the gospel and the gospel of Jesus Christ alone. But there's churches all over this world today that are causing great confusion. People are trying to be something that they cannot be, coming to a place where they feel like a failure to give up and believe that there's no way to heaven. You ask the average person, if you were to die today, do you know where you would spend eternity? And the average person says, I don't know. I hope I've made good decisions. I hope this and I hope that. But they don't know. But listen to me, God wants you to know. 
and you can know because of what Jesus Christ has done for you on the cross. But Satan wants you to believe a lie. So this, this false prophet is going to be propagating the lies so that man will believe the Antichrist, so that the Antichrist will be worshipped. See, we live in a generation to preach Jesus Christ as the Son of God and the only way to heaven. You are considered hateful. But even though that may be what's thought, I would encourage us as Christians to continue to preach the truth. I want you to listen for phrases today. Phrases like the new world order. All that's doing is preparing for this event. What is this new world order? Global markets, global banking, global borders, global alliances, global peace. You hear all of these words, and these are not words that are just accidents. This is this sinister, satanic, antichrist religion that he is bringing into this world, and the world is going to worship the beast, this false prophet. He's going, to have, he's going to be a servant of Satan, and he's going to work to unify worship. When we say this, there's going to be a one-world religion, I believe some, some will say, well, how are they going to get all the religions to get along? They're not. It'll be believe who you want to believe and worship the Antichrist. Just don't worship Jesus. Thirdly, I want you to see this. Verse number 13, the Bible says this, and he, he doth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men. Now, I don't know this to be the case. I personally believe this is going to be things like war. This is going to be things like whether nuclear war or missiles that are coming down, that this is going to be, this is going to be Fear. Notice the Bible doesn't say here it's going to uh, be uh, uh, things that are coming from outer space or meteor, uh, asteroids and those sorts. He says, he does great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men. Meaning this, he has great power. I personally believe in this verse, he has great power to bring fear upon those that don't do as they're told to do. Don't worship who they're told to worship. This past week, I'm sure you've seen it as well, in the rhetoric is just getting worse and worse. North Korea is threatening now to annihilate the United States. Over this past weekend, I believe even this morning, I read an article where just, just yesterday, North America said any, or North Korea said any kind of uh, provocation against them, they are going to annihilate the United States and South Korea. How are they going to do that with missiles and bombs that are coming down from heavens? And it puts great fear into those. The reason they say that is for fear. The reason they say that is to instill fear, to try to get people to bend to what they want. And I believe that same thought is what's going to happen here with that false prophet. He is going to bend people to what he wants by great fear that he controls them. This false prophet, number three, would you write this down? He's a master. He's a master of perceived miracles. 
Also, look what he does. Not only, not only does he allow uh, fire to come from heaven, he deceiveth them in verse number 14 that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image of the beast which had the wound by the sword and did live. There's an image. Look at that word image. Something's going to be done. You say, what is it? I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us what it is, but I, I thought as I was studying this past week of this passage of scripture, I thought of things like AI. That's all that's being talked about in the world today is AI. There's, there's videos that you can play. Somebody had sent me not long ago a video of someone speaking and it really wasn't them speaking. <laughs> They, they can make you say whatever you, you want that person to say and make you believe whatever you want to believe, and it's all computer animated. I believe this. I believe with the technology that we have today, with the uh, uh, computers that we have today and AI have, we have today and the war machines that we have today, some of the things that John was looking into the future and seeing he could not explain 2,000 years ago. Some of the things that are happening today, people 50 years ago couldn't have explained. Could, could you imagine? Could you imagine? How many of you remember? I, I remember growing up, and uh, we would be traveling. We, we lived in Wyoming, and we would travel back to Michigan to visit family. And I remember as a little kid sitting in that back seat, and my mom would have this map all pulled out. And my mom couldn't read a map. And I remember that conversation that would go back and forth. My dad would say, find out where we're at. And my mom would say, I don't know. And he'd say, well, you got to turn the map right way up. And, and so, oh, that's where we're at. And, and you had to actually go to the store and buy a map. How do you remember that? And, and, then, and then it went from, you don't need a map. All you got to do is just map quest. How many of you remember going on a computer? When I was going to go someplace, I've got to put the map, the address is where I'm going and you take your little piece of paper now. Now you got your directions on two pieces of paper instead of a map. How many remember that? If you still use a map, you're crazy. If you use MapQuest, you're crazy. You're a glutton for punishment. Now all you got to do is in your device say, Siri, get me to wherever I wanna go. And guess what she does? She even tells you where to turn. Technology. There's technology that is being used today, and I believe that all of this technology, the beast is going to use, the false prophet is going to use to try to deceive, to get man to believe these lies. But there's ways that miracle workers can be tested, and this is what three things I want to give you. How do we know? For us today, how do we know if something is true or something is not true? Because we won't be living here at this time during the tribulation. We're going to be in heaven at that time because of the rapture, if you put your faith and trust in Christ. But that deception we can see today, how do we know what's true? If we can't trust, how do we know what's true? I want to give you three things, church. This, this first thing is this. Does this person confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh? If you're listening to someone teaching and you're listening to someone preaching and you're listening to someone tell you what the Bible supposedly says, if they deny that Jesus Christ came in the flesh, they are a false prophet. You mark it down. 
Number two, does this miracle glorify Jesus Christ? You see, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus Christ. The counterfeit ministry of the false prophet is to bring glory to someone other than Jesus Christ. Oh, there's a lot of people, and Jesus even said this, they're going to do miracles in my name, but he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. If someone is doing something for the cause of Christ and being led by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God always leads you to bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. He never leads you to bring glory to yourself. And there's many, there's many that you can find, many on TV. You could turn the TV on and you can listen to false prophet after false prophet. How do we know it? If they deny the deity of Christ, if they deny, if their works are not pointing people to glorify God, but go, pointing them to glorify themselves, they are a false prophet. <clears throat> and thirdly, does it violate the teaching of the word of God? When someone says to you, I have a new revelation from God that you can't find in his word, run from them. They are a false prophet. God's word does not contradict God's word. God's word always falls in line with God's word. And so if anyone ever does this, you know they are a false prophet. Their miracles can be tested. If it doesn't point to Jesus Christ, then it is false. And then lastly, lastly, I want you to see this in verse number 16. The Bible says, and he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that understandeth count the number of the beast, for it is a number of man, the number 603 score and six. Every person will have to receive this mark in order to trade. I want you to see number four. This beast is going to control world commerce. There's coming a day, and we see it, we see it spiraling toward this way. There's going to be a one-world commerce, a one-world economy a one-world religion where they're going to worship the beast, and the false prophet is going to point people to worship the beast. There's going to be a one-world economy or one-world commerce that's going to cause the false prophet is going to say, you must take this mark on your hand or on your forehead in order to do this. Without it, you can't buy, sell, or trade. You can't work. We see it happening closer and closer. We're heading toward this cashless society. Everyone that is alive here that is going to worship the beast is going to receive this coded mark. And they're already working on these things today. And and the whole, my messages here today, I don't ever want to, to introduce and say, look, this is what this is. I'm just simply saying this. It's happening today. We're getting closer and closer to a one world economy. We're getting closer and closer to a cashless society. We're getting closer and closer to this place with technology that there can be a chip that's inserted that has all of the information you ever need. There's one today, and you can find it. It is uh, being worked on, and in this mark, it's a coded mark. It keeps track of all your purchases. It keeps track of all your movement. It keeps track of your medical condition. It keeps track of your body temperature, and it locates, locates lost and missing individuals. I remember Several years ago when we got one of our dogs, the vet said, do you want us to put a a tracker in him? 
if he gets away, then you, we'll find out where he's at. And um, I thought, put a chip in my dog? If he runs away, that's <laughs> doggone, you know? <laughs> Good. <laughs> that's where that word doggone came from. <laughs> if I get a chip in him, he's got to come back. just the technology that's having today. All the medical records, where you work, keep track of every person. Oh, listen to me. That's not some sci-fi movie. It's going to be reality here on this earth. And it's coming quickly. Now, let me close with this. Because many a Christian see this and they start to get worried. If you believe what the Bible says, listen to me, if you believe what the Bible says, when this happens, we won't be here. Somebody said one time, I, I don't want to get fooled into taking the chip. I don't want to be fooled in taking the mark. If you are here when the mark is taken, you've already been fooled. The believer in Christ is not going to be here to experience this. Now, what we do see is it coming to play. We do see uh, uh, it, it happening. We see the technology coming to be. We hear of the one world order. We, heard, we hear of the one world economy. We see it happening before us. What that ought to do, instead of causing the Christian fear, instead of causing the Christian to be concerned, how I'm gonna, am I going to be tricked into doing this? No, no, no. What it ought to do is to excite you to say, Jesus is coming for his bride soon. I'm going to wait for that trump to sound. I'm going to wait for God to say to his, 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 his son, go catch your bride. Jesus is coming. And then those that are saved ought to excite you to say, if Jesus is coming, then the task that we have is still there for us to do to get the gospel to all the world. Oh, that's why people like Lydia, we need to do everything we can to get her into these places around the world, into the 1040 window where the gospel is not preached. There are still half the people in this world today, in this generation, sit in darkness, not knowing who Jesus Christ is. Christian, we don't get nervous and we don't get become afraid and we don't get scared. What am I going to miss or what's going to happen? No, we get motivated to say, Christ is coming. I can see it. The writing is on the wall. He's coming soon. And until that time, I'm going to be busy doing what we are called to do. And that's get the gospel to this world. See, as we hear and read Revelation chapter 13, oh, yes, it's disturbing but it's disturbing for those that are going to be here. And if we really cared, we would do all that we can to ensure people know the truth so they don't have to be here. Oh, this year, 2024, may this be the year that we take the gospel to more people than we've ever taken before. May this be the year that we send more missionaries than we've ever seen before. May this be a year that more surrender to the ministry than have ever before. May this be the year that more churches have started than we've ever seen started before. May this be the year that the gospel is proclaimed. May this be the year that we no longer can say that half the world sits in darkness without Jesus Christ, but may we say a church has risen up 
because the church believes the truth and the church believes that Jesus Christ is coming. And because of that, we have taken the gospel to every creature in every land here on our earth. That ought to be our goal, church. So we know. Why do we need to know what's happening in a time that we won't be here upon this earth? So that we can warn so that we can make ready those that we don't want to be here either. And the only way is to share the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org. And we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.